Hello, and welcome to Molly Movie Club. I'm Anna Rutberg. And I'm Casey Muratori. And our movie this week is Primer, which is, I believe it's like written, directed, produced, acted, like the actor, music written all by this one guy, Shane Shane Carruth. And it's kind of like... Uh, you know, it's an indie movie Very in, indie, yeah. in that sense of the word, like some guy decided to make a movie, kind of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, right down to, I remember like him talking about things like, he, you know, he wasn't sure if you could shoot uh, standard, you know, 35 millimeter, you know, cameras and still capture fluorescent lights and stuff like that. Because a lot of people said you couldn't. So mm-hmm. he like tried it, but you actually can as long as the, you know, the frame rate is in sync mm-hmm. or something like this, blah, blah, blah. So there's, I remember there were things like that where uh, it was kind of like him learning to make a movie, like he wanted to make one and and kind of did. Yeah, I feel like this movie, there's like, there's two different conversations to have about this movie. One is the time travel element, which we can talk about in a minute. But I feel like the other thing is, is that this is a probably one of the best examples of like what you can do with so few resources if you have an idea. And yeah. like there's basically nothing that they used in this movie that is not something that like any average person could could find or have access to, right? Like yeah. it's it has that sort of feel, but it's also like really well made. There's good shots. I think the acting is it definitely feels like lower tier, but it's not terrible. And they do a nice job of of talking in sort of like a natural way where they're talking over each other and these sort of things. I think he did a really nice job as like a first time indie filmmaker with very few resources. I think it's actually really impressive. Uh, I would agree with that. I would say that if you want to look at the movie as a movie, I think I don't have a lot of positive things to say about it, honestly. Yeah. If you want to look at the movie in terms of what did someone accomplish with what they had, I think it's really remarkable. Like it's yeah. like this this is punching way above its weight on in terms of what it was able to put together with almost nothing. I mean there's not only like you're talking about the acting, not only uh is it, you know, good enough. Exactly. But yeah. also they didn't really even have almost any people. Like it's really just they figured out how to do this with just like two dudes. Mm-hmm. And they have almost no shots that really have anyone else in it. The sets are like things that are cheap, like a storage locker and a hotel room that anyone could probably get for, Mm -hmm. you know, a hundred bucks or something. And, uh, you know, the only things that are really like, well, okay, this might have been a little expensive if you didn't happen to have, you know, friends who had electrical uh, electronics equipment. Like, you know, they have a lot of things in there that are uh, equipment that hardware developers would have. They also go to some places that you wouldn't necessarily be able to get to. Like there's, you know, guys have liquid nitrogen bath thing and uh, various stuff like that. So there are some things that maybe would have been expensive, but I think, you know, I think those maybe are contacts he had. So I don't think he was necessarily paying for those things, but right. not everyone has access to that. But, you know, he used what he had access to, which again is, you know, in fact, the movie itself says something like they used what was in their environment, right? Yeah. It's kind of a bit of a statement about how the movie was made. And so I do think that's really remarkable. And I think this movie was well respected for that fact, because most people can't make a science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. On basically, I don't know this movie. I, I want to say the number five thousand dollars had been bandied about. I don't remember for but this it's, movie. It's basically nothing. It's basically it's like free, literally yeah. almost zero dollars. Uh, it's like Clerks or something where it was made for for almost nothing. Mm-hmm. But then many, many, many people watched it. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's just it's just impressive because 
the vast, vast majority of low-budget things you see, whether they're student films or who knows what, are not good. And this, I would say, yeah, calling it good in the sense of, like, does it work as, as a movie? Maybe it doesn't, especially when it comes to the plot stuff but yeah uh as a film it works like it looks good enough it totally is like past it's over that it's like cross that hurdle right well i'll say something else about it which is that if this movie had been made 20 years later Mm -hmm. it probably would have looked great the main thing that they're struggling with in most of the shots here is that it's shot on actual film and when you shoot on actual film you have to be a lot more careful about the lighting because the film require the films don't have the ability to capture the light as easily as modern sort of super high tech CCD cameras do. Mm-hmm. If you look at you know sort of the the state of the art modern CCD cameras, they can shoot and have a picture look like it was lit you know properly for film. Yeah. In much 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 lower light, when you don't have the money to light a set. That makes a huge difference. Well, so like the, if, I think one yeah. of the most noticeable examples of that is the sh- the scene at night at the fountain. There's, where, there's a couple scenes like that. The fountain one's particularly bad. Where yeah. you're just like you sh- like, you know, maybe you should have shot this scene somewhere else. In hindsight, like I think there was a like I understood why I think they wanted why he picked that location. Mm-hmm. But yeah, shooting it at night, it was just that that was rough. Yeah, and I think a shot like that um, on a modern you know high end camera for film is really just not that big of an issue because they capture light so much better. They can deal with, you know, anything that you would be able to sort of see with your natural, you know, just regular vision, which we would, you know, if we looked at that scene, it wouldn't look super grainy to us if we went and watched right. them. And that, yeah. uh, these cameras can now do. And so I, I think that's another thing that's worth factoring in is this movie would have looked 10 times better today because they would have had the cameras that they would have rented to shoot this would not have been a 35 millimeter film camera, which I think is what they were using. And, uh, and so that's something you have to factor in as well. Yep. So, you know, given that, uh, yeah, I think they picked some interesting shots. There was some really nice stuff they did. Like when they closed the garage door and framed the people in the four mm-hmm. squares, no, he's got, uh, I think, yeah, there, there's good I think stuff. He has there. a really good visual eye. Yeah. Um, and he's trying stuff. He's not just playing it safe with shots. Like I, I really liked the, one of the opening shots at the, when they're sitting at that kitchen table and the, and the camera's slowly like moving around them and they're That's all right. talking and like, it's really well done. It just, it's great. Like, for, especially when you consider the, the limitations and the, the fact that he was probably extremely inexperienced with directing. Well, and he's thinking about things that you wouldn't necessarily think about uh, if you, you know, it's easy to take for granted things that a, a director will and won't think about. When you do a shot like where you're going to close the garage door, right, like mm-hmm. that, and shoot through those those panels or things like that, it's a lot of times those things aren't obvious because you're thinking about it as if the sound, as if you can only hear the sound from where you are, where you're holding the camera or something, right? So you don't think about things as being able to have these kind of shots that are people are talking that you couldn't hear, but you are hearing them and you're viewing them from someone else. All that stuff takes some understanding and some thinking. Obviously, we all understand it intuitively when it's printed on the screen, but thinking it through yourself about how you're going to shoot this shot and what are all the creative (laughs) options that you can have is something most people, even if they've seen it a hundred times in a movie, they won't think of it. Right. And so so he's thinking of those things. And that also shows, I think, a certain um, 
you know, a certain talent for it that yeah, like a natural well, instinct for it. Maybe a yeah. natural instinct for it, right? Or or maybe he was just working really hard and thought about those things and forced himself. You know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, whether it was intellectual or instinctual, it's like that. You know, you see a lot of things in the movie that that are like, yeah, that was good. Like this person's trying. It's it's again like it's it's the anti you know sort of modern film that I always criticize. It this felt like someone was really trying. Yeah. Whereas when I watch one of those movies, it feels like no one's trying. I also um, feel right? like I feel like this is an interest. There, there was an interesting choice that was sort of made here too with the time travel element, which is like like we talk all the time about not like how we don't like when movies just dump exposition at you, right? Mm-hmm. When they like sit down and are like, here's how this works and it's really blatant this movie never does that the far the closest it gets is like the character draws the on the paper you know he draws that down which is totally reasonable that he would want to do that because it's kind of mind-bending and it doesn't really explain anything anyway and it doesn't exactly but at the same time i think one of the big flaws of this movie is the fact that to the viewer it is never really clear what is going on with the time travel like i don't know that Mm. I'm not sure that it's ever clear enough. So I don't really, I don't know if I share that concern. Um, to me, I think that, so I agree that it's, I agree that it's not clear, right? Because in order to really piece together what's going on, you have to do as a viewer, a tremendous amount of, you know, for lack of a better term, technical work. And uh, I can understand why you say that that might be a problem. I just don't think it's a problem with the movie. And the reason for that is because I don't think this movie, at least for me, gets any better for knowing. It just doesn't. Like, the reason that I don't really enjoy watching this movie has nothing to do with the time travel. Mm -hmm. The time travel is almost... In fact, I guess that's my summary of the movie. This is a movie about time travel and nothing else, and I don't care. That's my problem with the movie. Yeah. I don't feel like after I don't feel like I have a great understanding. I mean, I I basically get the idea that like, okay, they've got these machines. They start the machine up and you can go back in time to the point where you started the machine. Mm -hmm. Right. I basically get that. And that's fine. But my problem with it is, okay, so what? Like, like there's, I never really get invested in anything that might happen as a result of that. I also wonder right? if, I wonder if some of that too does come down to budget limitations because you can imagine that like a way more fully fledged, like version of this concept, right? The idea that you can like go back in time a certain amount of time and then like make a bunch of money on the stock market and all this stuff. And then, you know, they even talk about like, oh, I'm going to take the family to Costa Rica and whatever. And it's like. I can imagine a movie where you actually get to see their lives begin to change because of the That's right. this and that that becomes a lot more impactful especially when stuff maybe starts to fall apart or whatever. And I think this movie can't do that because resources um, That maybe that made the case. And so like I said to me that's the problem. Yeah, no I so, I see it. I see so it. I don't really care like like I don't think the time travel I I agree with you that that the time travel, in order to understand it, the viewer is expected to do a bunch of technical work themselves, which I don't think is necessarily a good idea if the point of the movie is to understand how the time travel was working. But at the same time, I don't think that's actually a flaw with the movie because I don't think it matters. But I so think but I that's guess, all. I think what you just said is what I come away from, though. I think, as you said, the point of the movie is the time travel because he doesn't 
focus on. I don't, I don't think it is. Well, I'm just saying he he doesn't focus on the character stuff much. Like, I mean, and I think maybe he's trying. To, you I, could maybe say he's trying to, but yes. maybe he's a little bit too much of an engineer or something to like fully get there. Or it was resources, or who knows. But yeah, I think I think because at least for me, I come away feeling like what it what it was mostly wanting me to think about was the time travel and the fact that that felt kind of like opaque a little bit. At least at first, I like. I think at first it feels like I can understand it, right? It's like, okay, they come, they, there's this A and B point and it's like a loop and they can go back and whatever. But then like it gets like crazy, like they bring one of the machines like through with him and like sets up another one. And it's just, it's like he makes it so complex. And that's why it, f- it feels like to me that there's, there's a lot of focus on that element, right? Like the time travel complexity element. And it loses, it, it, or it doesn't, not that it loses the humanity, but it doesn't focus on the humanity of the characters. So uh, I guess I would just disagree with that. Okay. I think this movie is trying to focus on the characters and just doesn't know how to do it. So Maybe. In, Maybe. The, in the same way that I think that this movie does a very good job of portraying sort of like how people actually are with technical things. Like, like I, you know, I, I don't know if, if uh, Shane Carruth or Carruth or however, I don't know how you pronounce his know. name, but I don't know if he's an engineer uh, or not. But it seemed pretty clear to me that he kind of had a better instinctive feel for, like, what these people are like. Yeah. You know, in Hollywood depictions of uh, engineering or science are awful. Mm -hmm. It's clear that they've never met one before or if they had, they've never been in the room when they were actually doing anything. Yeah, they're always like these these sort of weird stereotypes, but they aren't they aren't. Like you can yeah. tell they're written from the perspective of someone who doesn't Didn't know, not really understand, or or just isn't a technical person and doesn't understand technical how and, technical people think. And I feel like the shots in this, especially at the beginning, when there's just like they've got their two other guys there who they don't really like, <laughs> or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and they're you know they're talking about stuff. It's like yeah, that's you know, um, I'm not a hardware engineer, so I'm not checking the the terminology or anything like that. I'm not suggesting it's accurate. I don't know, but. It's exactly like what it sounds like when engineers are actually talking. They got that kind of a thing. You could find four people in a garage somewhere who were saying stuff roughly along mm-hmm. those lines. And so I think like he really got that feel. It was correct. It's like, yes, that feels very authentic. And it was somewhat entertaining for a little while to hear that as well. The movie moves on to sort of this thing where it's almost exclusively the two main characters the two sort of protagonists talking to each other. And it really does focus on the human elements. There's most of the things they're talking about are like the human element, not the tech. The tech is now it's just assumed that it works basically. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they talk about many things. They talk about the fact that knowing that the past can change, um, affected like, uh, like Shane, the character that he plays, I don't remember his name. So there's Abe and Aaron, 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 it talks about this. They're getting gas, I think, or something mm-hmm, like that. They, mm-hmm. There's a whole conversation about how, like, he, knowing that it might be changed makes it difficult to deal with the current situation because it no longer feels like things are inevitable. Mm-hmm. That's that has nothing to do with technology, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's trying to bring the human element. That's like there's, an existential. It's dilemma. an existential yeah. thing. Go with that, okay? Like, give me more. Like, let's. Let's push that. Let's see more of that. Let's see how yes. that affects the character. Give me actual things that show me what's happening there. Let me see some shots of this character thinking about that. Well, and there's other stuff too, like 
The physical consequences of using this are like briefly touched on, but never really followed up on. Like he bleeds the out of his ear. ear. Yeah. He, they can't write anymore. Can't write. They, like show me. Yeah, it's like show me um, him show not me being able to write that where, moment. Yeah, because it's like that would be terrifying. And they just kind of show their writing on papers. Like we can't write like normal people. Like show when he's trying to write and he's like freaking out. Like yes. that is the human emotion part well, of that's it that's why, missing. That's why I say that I think that this part is just he didn't have a good instinct for that. Yeah. Because it's very easy to show scenes. It's cheap. It's as cheap as it gets to show scenes of Aaron tr- or Abe, I guess, because he's the one who first brings it up, trying to write and can't and struggling with it. The scene where he finally talks to Aaron about that would be much more powerful if you'd seen his struggle with writing and his him getting scared about what's happening to him, yeah. and we never feel that, I think we because also, we don't get those scenes. I think I think as the audience too, we'd also feel uh, more invested in everything too, because it feels like all of this messing around with time is like leading up to some potentially really bad consequences. And so it, right. it, it becomes much more of like, a, oh my God, what's going to happen to these guys kind of thing. Absolutely. Whereas currently you're just kind of like, okay. Like, where is this going? Right. Like, okay, you've made some money. We aren't seeing your life change because of that. I'm sure it like theoretically would change. But like, we haven't seen that. We're not seeing the like, you know, or his ears bleeding and he's just like, oh, gee, that's weird. It's like it's not it's horrifying, but it's not presented as horrifying. It's the we don't really see the signs of psychological decay or fear or whatever that we want to see from these characters because a, a big reason for that, I think, again, is they're never alone. Like, I th- I don't think the movie understands, or I should say, I don't think the director, writer, right, uh, Shane Shankarath, I don't think he got the fact that we need to see a little bit more of a connection by seeing what these people are doing alone, mm-hmm. by seeing them having these doubts or fears that are not plot-oriented. They're not doing a thing with the time machine, which is almost exclusively what we see. We need to see their emotional responses and effects, how they're breaking down, how they're afraid, what's going on. The The one or two times we do see that, the movie gets immediately better. There is a shot where Abe has to kill himself. Yeah. He puts like an oxygen mask thing, and I, I assume it's with something that will put a human to sleep permanently right i don't know what it is but and we see him come out of the room and go back against the door and he's like visibly very upset right that scene was great i needed more of that 10 more <laughs> yeah. of those scenes yeah. right because yeah, like there's there that's a good point like there's two two different scenes where they kill themselves and and, like, it's just never really emotionally dealt with, ever. Like, that's, like, a crazy thing that you just had to do, and you're just kind of like, okay, well, I just did that. Like, you know, beyond that brief, like, scene of, like, right. oh, gee. Um, and so it's, yeah, I don't know if it's, like, I-, I do think there is this element of the limitations of the budget, also in the sense of acting. Like, maybe this is not something that these actors... I mean, that's asking a lot more of them at that point, too, where it's like, okay, have like a really strong emotional scene Uh, here. Like, but I mean, they could have tried. I think, again, it's just the same creativity that we were uh, saying was like uh, good in in terms of like, you know, getting the shots right and thinking of interesting ways for a scene to play out. 
I think it's just like it wasn't something it just isn't a strong suit yeah. for Shane Carruth or whatever at this point in his career. Anyway, it's first film. So I think that is that's really all it is. I think there were easy ways to do this probably on the budget that they had compared to some of the other things they were doing, which were much harder. That's true. But the problem is just that you have to think of those things. You have to know that they're important. You have to figure out creative ways to do it again on the budget you have. You know, Abe's got to be sitting down and he's got to look over and see the thing that he used to kill himself. And we got to have that moment with him and look and mm-hmm. have a close up of his mm-hmm. face. You know, those are sorts of things. That it's not obvious why those things work or that you need them. You just have to, you know, have have done it yeah. or whatever. And so I think that stuff is hard. I'm not faulting this film for doing for not doing things that were easy. I'm faulting them for not doing things that were hard, but cheap. <laughs> right. Right. And so. So, yeah. So, yeah, you know, um, I'm just trying to say, like, yeah, that was missing, so that's why I don't really like watching this movie that much, because I don't get enough of that. And I feel like most of the back half of the film, although, like you're saying, it appears to be about time travel, it's not. There isn't anything, it's, you know, I mean, it's less about time travel than Back to the Future. Back to the Future is, the, the climax of this movie is about having to do the time travel, right? In Primer, the time travel is just always happening. It's it's not the the climax, the plot, the 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 obstacles. They don't revolve around having to do something with the time travel. All of the things we're seeing in the back half of this movie are about stuff that happens to the characters, like this party where a guy brings a shotgun mm-hmm. and there's somebody else, some other guy who goes through a time machine, apparently, um, and arguments between the two characters. It's all character stuff. And it's the movie isn't getting yeah, that done. It, it just feels like none of that is fleshed out. Like, right. it's weird, too, because the movie is like an hour and 15 minutes. It's so short. And you're like, just add, like, keep the movie you have and then just add another half an hour or 20 minutes of, of like, fleshing out some of that emotional stuff. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I think you're right that it's like, this is a limitation of this particular filmmaker. Like, this is uh, an area in which, like, he maybe doesn't have a very good instinct for how to kind of do that, how to do the emotional character beats. Yeah, because if you look at, you know, if you look at what happened here, like I think we already said, I think it's it's a remarkable achievement. Why is it a remarkable achievement? It's because most filmmakers, especially first time filmmakers, would never be able to put together something that feels like a sci fi setting with engineering and all that stuff on the budget of this film. And how did he do that? He obviously had a very intuitive, creative feel for how to use not much film and not much lighting and not much actors and whatever to still get that across. He didn't have, I think, the equivalent natural talent to get the emotional stuff into a movie with the similar limitations. Now, maybe if he'd had a huge budget, he could have, right? In other words, it is still saying like he still had to do it under harsh constraints. So it's not necessarily saying anything about his abilities as a filmmaker in general. But in terms of that inventiveness and how to put together a film on very little money with very little acting and all that sort of stuff, he just didn't know how to do the same kind of um, feat that he pulled off with the tech he didn't know how to do that yep. with the emotions. And so that's just, I mean, what do you want from some, I mean, you know, people aren't miracle workers. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and as you said, I think this this film is still a very impressive achievement. Considering yeah, I mean, all the fact the, that it's watchable yeah. at all is 
anytime you shoot a movie for this cheap and and you can watch it and think, oh, that's kind of interesting or whatever it is, that's, I mean, it's yeah. it's amazing, right? I mean, I couldn't do that and most people can't. Exactly. So, I mean, uh, it's not it's not the best version of this idea at all, but as as an achievement, as as like a, a first time film, it's really impressive. Absolutely. So yeah. it's, it's both things at once. It's both very good and very impressive and also kind of like fails at some major stuff. Yeah. And... Uh, I, I guess uh, it does present something interesting to people who want to focus on the time travel stuff in that, you know, it's it's a pretty hard sci-fi piece. And all the time travel, at least from the cursory viewing that I, you know, I'm doing here, feels very well thought out. Which means that if you were the kind of person who didn't really care about emotional stuff in movies and just want to watch this as almost like a little bit of a puzzle, like, okay, like how many machines were there and who went back in time when and mm-hmm. how many copies of Abe were running around and, and that sort of stuff. And for this particular scene, where in the time loops are we actually, right? Right, right, right. right. Um, it feels like this is the kind of movie that you could go do that for, whereas I think most... I've even actually seen there's like charts online that people have made. Yeah, of... I haven't seen them, but I've heard yeah. this, right? Which is why I'm say- saying it. it's like it gives something people to people something mm-hmm. to do. Other movies about time travel. I mean, you're not going to do that with Back to the Future. You're yeah. not going to do that with um, uh, what's what's the Looper. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do that with these other movies because they didn't work out any way that any of those things would be possible anyway. Right. So you, there's nothing to work out because it's arbitrary. Primer feels like, like with the rest of the engineering stuff, it feels like it was really thought through. And so my assumption is that this this movie does present something that I don't particularly value, but that is, again, an interesting, an interesting valuable thing, which is that if you wanted to see a movie as a puzzle rather than as an experience that you watch, I think this movie is one of the only time travel movies probably that I can think of where you can have that experience. You can watch it several times and try to map it out. And that's an interesting thing for a movie to do. Nobody does that. Well, because I definitely get the sense that the director, he knew at every single point of every single scene exactly where things were in the time travel puzzle. Like, he knew for sure. I feel that. I feel that. Um, And that is pretty satisfying. I think my my issue was I would have liked if some of that was a little clearer to the viewer because I think it's cool. And I'm like, it's it's pretty like it's a very rare person that's going to be able to actually know what's going on with the time travel just from watching the movie. Uh, And I do think some of that is a failure to communicate that. Like, I think there are ways that he could have made it clearer um, like showing them getting in and out of the the machine, the t- the things more often showing like watches and showing what time it is, right? Like there's just simple things you could have done that would have helped the viewer understand a little bit more like temporarily, like where are we right now? Um, and I-, I think because of that, it's like some of that cool time travel feel of like, oh, wow, this feels like really well thought out. Even though you get the sense that the director knows, I don't know. Because he's not really communicating it very well. That's right. And I think I think that's kind of a bummer, honestly. Well, I also, uh, you know, one, one of the things that I don't really understand about the movie is there's a bunch of things in the movie that seem sort of predicated on the fact that they do have to create a stable... The, the, the world doesn't have to actually be stable, but they do have to get back in the box, sort of. My understanding about how the boxes work 
is that you turn them on at a particular time. Then at some point, you get into the box. So A, the A point is when the machine when turns turn on. on. B is after the time has passed, you get in, you and get then in, you go back to A. And then you get, you are then in an oscillatory state. Well, and, you, and you are existing at the same time as you, which is why they were, they turn the machine on and then they immediately go to a hotel room. So that they're, the self that goes back doesn't encounter the present self. Well, I think that was just because they were afraid of changing anything in the world. They right, wanted they, the world to remain exactly as it was, right? To well, avoid the butterfly they also, effect they didn't, and so on. Yeah, they didn't want to have the instance where, like, something would happen because there were two of them currently, like, interacting with the world, basically. And they also don't want anyone to know. Because right. as soon as you see well, two, they, right, scene, then the it's like, The scene with the cell okay. phones where it's yeah. like, oh, is it calling me or is it calling the other one? And so, uh, essentially, what they were doing, I think, if I understand correctly, is, like, then they go back to the box, they get in the box... And they sort of, uh, it, it sort of suggested when Aaron, if that's his name, gets out of the box a little bit early uh, and is like very traumatized by mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that I guess you have to wait exactly, I mean, not exactly, but like very close to the correct number of flip-flops. You can't get out like any time. So you go back in the box and you have to wait in the box for the entire amount of time that the box has been on. So if the box has been on for like six hours, you have to get in the box for six hours and then you get out and you are at the time. You you are basically going backwards in time for that six hours. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what was happening. You push the, the, the power up. Now the box is having a timer that counts up. Yep. You come back to the box at some point. You get in with starting your watch for the same amount of time as you read out on the box's uh, current timer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if it says six hours, 47 seconds, you start your so, timer for that. And then you that, wait in the box for and six hours and 47 seconds. You wait seconds. until that timer goes off. You get out of the box. And now you are at the part. You are coming out at the time when the box was started. Now, the reason that I think I'm right about that is because you'll also notice that the movie was very careful to say that they added a thing to the box such that when you turn it on it stop it doesn't actually power up the machine well, for you don't quite want, some time because otherwise them, you, you would be there pushing the button when at you the time out. the door yeah. had to open right 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 and then you would you would be both would, of you would be there and, it would and be, who knows what yeah. you would do right but at the very you couldn't even open the door because there'd be a person standing there so you'd, you'd hit your own self on the way out right mm-hmm. So uh, so my understanding was like that's basically the way that, that the boxes work. And they also suggested that there was a way to put a box inside another box. Right. So that if you started the box going, you could uh, basically like bring a second box, you know, a box that had already been started. You could bring that back as well, which means that you could use uh, – I, I didn't quite get whether that meant that you would then be able to go six hours back in time from that box – or if it just meant you could use that box twice to get out at the same point, but but two of you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know because it wasn't really super clear. It was just well, kind of a voiceover. And I think this is, the, this is sort of the issue <clears throat> I'm talking about. Like, I don't think these, these time travel concepts aren't actually that crazy to understand. No, they they're weren't. They're just not ex- – they're not, they're not really explained re- well enough by the movie. And I don't – necessarily mean that that has to be some sort of like voiceover exposition thing right but i do think a little bit more just a little bit more would have helped a lot so i don't know 
So yeah, I mean, there you go. That's primer. I don't That's know. Primer. I I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's that much more to say. Like I said, I think the time travel stuff. It's cool that they did it. That tried to do something that could be physics. That could be physically plausible. You'll notice all the things about it. Um, they kind of make physical sense. They're like you can't go back in time prior to when a machine was started, which makes good sense, right? Because then it's like that's why there weren't all these Abes and Aarons earlier in their life, mm-hmm. right? So they they figured out ways to make it make sense, mm-hmm. right? With with the current timeline reality we live in, and it you know it, it it's reasonable. So I think they did a great job with all that stuff. It's just, I just don't care. That's my yeah. main problem with the yep. movie. I don't care about that stuff because that stuff is more setting. It's not really uh, It's not really a story. And so I just don't, I, I just never really enjoyed, I've seen this movie twice now. It's my second time. And I just don't enjoy it. I just no, don't enjoy watching it. I think that's a good way to say it is it's like, it's a setting, not a story. Like it's a setting, it, it doesn't. A story. It 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 never. Uh, it never figures out a way to actually tell an interesting story using this time travel device. Even though it's like it has some vague idea that it, it just, should. It has some like literal vague ideas of like, oh, we can make money on the stock market or whatever. Like some the par- vague the party with I- the shotgun. The party with the shotgun. The uh, falling out where it seems like he something happened with his wife, his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Abe is protecting them from him. But they literally just right? feel like vague ideas. Exactly. Because they're never explored. No. And and the other guy, the Mr. Whatever that yeah, they call. Like, yeah. And they, they actually make a phone call to him in the middle of the night to verify that somehow he must have gotten in a machine, but neither of them know how that could have happened. We never find out how that happened, really. I mean, maybe the movie contains the clues to figure it out, but I don't really want to have to, like, do that much work to figure out this movie because I don't if I don't care about it to begin with I'm not going to spend the time afterwards thinking all of that through and so it kind of it it's too heavy on the you have to piece it all together and it never gives me the motivation to piece it together and I think that's a balance problem mm-hmm. yeah absolutely because having like- to be some things together might be fun it might be fun to have that realization afterwards when I think about it and go, oh, that's what that was. That could be fun. But you have to give me the motivation to spend the time yeah, to do it. Yeah, it's like he had these these a couple ideas about ways in which they could use the time machine, and he really just, like, states them almost. Exactly, yeah. Um, like, the I, I, I think it's kind of cool, the idea that there could be a third person who they is didn't not, know. That they didn't yeah. know about who's doing this. We don't even see this guy. Like, yeah. it's... Well, we do. He's like lying on the ground. I mean, at one but point, it's right? you know what I mean, though. It's like he's not a real character in this story. Um, well, and even that part like just doesn't work very well because presumably we should see them trying to decide what to do with this guy, and we never really do, right? Like it just kind of skips the scenes that would have given it the emotional yeah. impact I'm looking for. Yeah. It just skips them. Yeah. And I don't know if that was because you know, I mean. I don't know very much about the making of the movie. Maybe those scenes were in there and they watched them and they just sucked. And they were like, look, I I tried to shoot the scenes you're talking about and we just didn't have good enough acting or I didn't know how to direct well enough yet or whatever. Like maybe maybe those are regrets. Maybe. Like, yeah, I tried to do that. So why the movie's an hour and 15 minutes is because we had to cut some the stuff other or, 15 yeah. minutes that was all the things you're talking about, I had to cut because they just were bad. And so, you know, that's the reality of filmmaking, right? It's like it may be that some of the things that we're saying 
he knows and he just that's not what happened right and he's not disney so he can't go spend another 80 million dollars doing reshoots right to fix that part of the film afterwards and like i said that's why you know i don't have much actual criticism for the movie uh at the end of the day because i'm like it's still you know given what he had this is it's really rare to get something even this watchable out of out of what he had no, I totally agree. Uh, it's an interesting movie. It's probably one of the best examples of like a successful indie film. Yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, and it was successful. I mean, it <clears throat> for the you know price it was made, it it easily made all its money back and then uh, some. So you know, it, it it did exactly what it needed to do mm-hmm. uh, for a first film like that. And he did make another film called Upstream Color eventually, which I haven't seen. Um, but it was either. a long time between the two. He didn't then go on to make another movie immediately for whatever reason. Maybe just waiting for an idea. I don't know. I have no idea. But in any case, is that it for Primer? I don't have anything else to say about it. I think that's it. All right. Uh, next week is going to be the last week in Time Travel Month, and it's going to be Edge of Tomorrow. I have not seen that. I have, and I remember liking it. I remember is, thinking it was is, better than I was expecting. That is based on a manga Anime, yes. probably both. I don't. They usually yes. make them both. I, yes, maybe. Uh, so until then, see you on the internet. Take it easy, everybody. Bye.